Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? What's up? My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. Last show of the week before we get into week five in bulk. Oh, dude, week five, bro. Oh, my gosh. I was Isn't thinking about crazy? It. A quarter of the season's over. A quarter of the season is over. Yeah. It feels like Ugh. five weeks ago. Well, it was five weeks ago. <laughs> I was sitting here waiting for the season to come. And now five weeks in. Uh, I don't know how to feel. Just enjoy it, man. Yeah, I can I'm, do. I'm trying to, but the more I enjoy it, the faster it goes. True. So I'm trying to look forward to other things to slow down the time. I guess. Like? Basketball. Okay. Play a lot of Madden. Do a Madden franchise there you go. draft in a couple of Still weeks. Still football, but yeah. okay. Yeah, football. Bro, the NHL starts. Is that for you? Next that's uh that's you. Yeah, yeah, that's a me thing, but for sure. <laughs> you love you love talk. Uh anyway, and nothing to look forward to with baseball. Uh, no. Nope. Unless you're a Yankees fan, maybe. I guess. Um but today we are going to give you our week five trade targets, our week five buys and sells, uh, and go through some guys that you should target in trades and some guys that you should send away in trades, um, and try to see what you can get for them. Uh, before you know, crap hits the fan, and and that player is not good anymore. Um, before we do, check out our website, fantasygymnasium.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review, share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like and comment down below any questions you may have. Um, today we are going to jump into those buys and sells. I will not spiral today, or at least try. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday I spiraled out of control. It's okay when you're thinking about your own fantasy team twenty four seven. You know, that's, that's I'm just happens. not. I'm not gonna lie. I said this to you earlier, Rick. Um, I, I've never, I, I've never drafted a team. Like I never really like my team when I draft because I, I know it's not the the finished product. Right. But this year I drafted a team and I've never felt worse about a team in fantasy football than this team I have now. Uh, and I'm two and two. There's a good chance I go three and two this week, according to Rick. I think it's so, over 60%. Like, I'm also. not the worst team in the league, but I feel zero confidence in anything on a week-to-week basis. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm just not, I'm not happy with it. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to get it together, but no one wants to trade with me. So it is what it is. Got to keep trying. Um, so, hey, you know, it's a good, you know, buys and sells. This is a good time. Uh, if you're in my position, Rick, and you need to make trades and things aren't really going your way, uh, how do you like to approach that? Anyway, are you asking for advice right now? I could be. <laughs> What are you saying? Like, how would you approach uh, not being able to get trades done with people? Or how would you approach fixing your team, just in general? 
Um, man. I would definitely keep trying to make trades. Okay. Without a doubt. I shouldn't, I shouldn't Target that. guys that you want in trades. You know. Um, go to, look at look at players that you want. Mm-hmm. Figure out what teams are on, yeah. and then try your best to get deals done with those teams. Um, the best thing you can do, though, I think, is not overreact too too much. You know, don't trade McCaffrey for Rashad Bateman and Brees Hall. <laughs> that that and, it was awful. Uh, yeah. So that that that's what I would say. But uh, definitely look to make make deals for sure. That's that's got to be your first thing. And that's the whole that's the whole point of this particular show uh, is to help it you is. with that. But I, I think it's more you know the the panic button is really e- when things aren't going well. It's really easy to hit the panic button and start selling. And usually, like uh, I have I have an emotional reaction when I lose in fantasy football, and then uh, and then once that's over. Uh, Rick, currently, what are you one and three in the home league? Unfortunately, you said you were going to trade everybody after the one o'clock game. So, <laughs> and then you backed off. So that's good. You didn't make it. I any- I only backed off because you convinced me otherwise. That is, I was going to do it. Yes, but uh, so yeah, there's just not like sometimes the situation isn't as bad as you think it is, um, and losing sucks, but. You know, you have to figure out, like, I, I try to, like, on, on a week-by-week basis, you're not going to fix the team all at once. You can't make four trades in the same... I've tried. Trust me. I have a grandmaster plan, and the master plan fails basically every time. Uh, but it's like you're not going to fix your whole fantasy team in one week, so what I try to, like, you know, like, trade deadlines usually have, what, week 10, 11 for most people? Yeah, in so that range. You have six or seven weeks to fix your team uh, using trades, right? So it's like I typically like to take each week, evaluate my roster uh, after Monday's game, figure out where my where the state of my roster is and what position I need to upgrade, and then try to upgrade that position um, yep. and try to make trades. Because if you focus on one particular goal uh, and one particular positions, uh, position, it's it's way easier to make a trade for one particular position than trying to do it all at once. Cause if you try to do it all at once, you either blow up your team by trading Christian McCaffrey for Rashad Bateman. And, um, who is it? Brees Hall <laughs> or, yeah. um, or you'll start doing things that like, cause sometimes like, like right now I look at my team and there's four guys on it that I feel like on any given week could score 40 points and win me the week. I got, I had TJ Hawkinson this week, 40 points and I lost. That's what enrages me. That is actually like, if you think about that, that's crazy because your tight end outscored his tight end by like 30 fantasy points. Nope. And you still lost. And his quarterback only outscored my quarterback by five. It was the fact that the defense had 25. Yeah, that's well, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough to overcome. So yes, defense gets 25 fantasy points. Set a goal for yourself. Try to make the trades, um, and and see if you can make things happen. And don't be a you know sleaze ball and try to fleece people. But um, anyway, we're gonna give you some buys, guys that you should target, some sells, some guys that you should give away, uh, not for free, not for free. Um, <laughs> so let's get into buys and sells. Okay, let's do it. Uh, number one, this is actually a really good buy and sell, and I, I realized it more uh, as I was talking to Rick about it because Rick likes 
it was sounding like he kind of liked Alvin Kamara a little more than Dalvin Cook uh, in fantasy football. And it kind of confirmed to me that Dalvin Cook is a buy. Um, right now, rest of the season, I would probably rank Dalvin Cook somewhere in the 7 to 9 range. Um, mm-hmm. And I would rank Alvin Kamara somewhere in the 14, 13 to 14 range. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are in the same sediment. And Rick can explain his thoughts on Alvin Kamara if he feels like it. Um, but uh, I feel like Dalvin Cook, a lot of people in the fantasy community and a lot of people um, in just you know regular Joe Schmo fantasy leagues are down on Dalvin Cook. They don't like Dalvin Cook. He hasn't, like last year I had him all season. He had some really good games and then he had some weeks where he just wasn't great. He had some injured weeks. So he hasn't performed like the RB, you know, top five running back that people have wanted him to perform as for the last year and a half, really. Um, and so when you look at Dalvin Cook not performing at that level, there is a lot of concern for a lot of the fantasy community um, with Dalvin Cook and, and how he's performed. But I feel like that is the perfect reason to buy him because right now, I mean, he's he's always had above a 60% snap percentage. Um, they're not going to give Dalvin, you know, they're not going to give Alexander Madison a, a, a plurality of the work. And Dalvin is a little bit on the older side, but I, I feel like they still want to get him the ball. His biggest problem, I mean, he's getting about 20 to 25 touches a game. His biggest problem is just that, uh, he hasn't punched into the end zone. This week against New Orleans, one of the toughest run defenses, he has 10 fantasy points. Alexander Madison just happened to steal a touchdown away from him. Had he scored that touchdown, you're talking about a 17-18 fantasy point week, and you know people are feeling much better about Dalvin Cook. But he's also had Green Bay, New Orleans, who are better run defenses, um, and he's had a terrible game against Philly where they were getting blown out and couldn't run the ball anymore. Um, so I think as the season goes along, you'll see Dalvin Cook start to ascend into a much better role for this Vikings team, um, and they'll get him the ball more. It's clear they target him a lot, uh, and as soon as he starts scoring touchdowns again, uh, you're going to see Dalvin Cook really take a step forward and be that top six, seven, eight running back in fantasy football that I think we all want. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Um, I do think he's a good buy, though. Uh, there are some people who are really down on him in the fantasy community. Um, I know some some people that don't think he's a top 12 running back anymore rest of the season, mm-hmm. which um, I do disagree with because he, he is getting a lot of um, opportunity. He, he's not getting a ton of pass catching work, but he's getting enough um, to go with looks like, you know, 17 to 20 carries a game just about, which is really good. Um and, you know, he did have a little tough stretch there. He, yeah. he had one good matchup out of the first four weeks, mm-hmm. and that was his best game. And he fumbled in that game. So if he didn't fumble, he would have had a pretty decent week. Um, but his rest of the season schedule looks really easy, which is really intriguing to me. Um, and then, as you said, the touchdowns, which I think will come, especially depending on who they play, um, which, as I said before, pretty good matchup. So, the, the touchdowns will come, and once they do, he's looking at like 16 points a week. And at that point, he's easily a top 10 running back. So um, Dalvin Cook's a fantastic buy, and you did bring up Kamara. I, I do think he's a good buy as well, um, but Dalvin Cook is was higher on this list. Yep. Um. All right. Let's talk about our second buy, George Pickens. Uh, 
yeah. we did put them on our sit show. So if you if you do buy them this yep. week and you're all hot and bothered that you bought them, uh, you probably shouldn't start. You can even wait a week. You might even be able to play Tampa. Yeah, next week. So, but George Pickens, you know, he's. I I didn't anticipate talking about George Pickens this year, um, mm-hmm. because I did believe in his talent. I mean, the guy had an elite preseason. If you want to say that, you can have an elite preseason. <laughs> Training camp hype, hype videos. Yes, training camp hype. Everything was was hyping George Pickens into a point where he got drafted. I would say really too high, um, but he has shown signs of being a very, 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 very good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a trend heading in a in a direction for George Pickens where, like. At the beginning of the season, I felt like George Pickens was going to be the number three wide receiver and he wasn't going to be able to usurp uh, Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson for the, you know, the one or the two spot on this team. And he was going to be, and even with Pat Fryermuth, I felt as though he would probably be the fourth target in the offense. And um, over the last couple of weeks, things have started to shift. And uh, with Kenny Pickett coming in, and other things going on, uh, George Pickens has had an increased load of work. Week one and two, he had three targets and two targets. Against Cleveland, he had seven. Against the Jets, he had eight. So he has been slowly climbing and improving his target share on a week-to-week basis. His snap percentage has kind of stayed the same, hovered around 75% on the season. Um, But I, I think this is a good buy because I think as the season goes along, you're going to see Pickens get more and more work, more and more snap percentage, and he's going to take Chase Claypool. Right now it might be even, but by the time you get to the bye week, it's probably going to be George Pickens as a number two target in the offense. And it might even happen sooner than that. So you want George Pickens when when that happens because if this guy's getting eight, nine targets a game or even ten targets a game if that starts happening, he literally becomes probably one of the best uh, uh, fantasy wide receivers out there. You know what I mean? Top 24 mm-hmm. guy. Like I could see him having a Terry McLaurin like rookie season where, um, you know, he ascended into like what a wide receiver 15 or 16 is rookie year or wide receiver 20, maybe um, in, that in that range. But, um, but like I could see him having a season like that and to get a, a wide receiver who finishes in the top 20 in fantasy football, really valuable for your flex, really valuable for your wide receiver, wide receiver two slots. And there's also a chance that maybe, uh, if Kenny Pickett's decent, that Pickens can ascend into a, you know, into a top 12 capacity, um, not on the season, but pacing out to certain numbers like that. By the time he reaches, he could have a stretch of game similar to what Amon Ross St. Brown did last year. Sure. Brandon Ayuk, his rookie year, Elijah Moore. Yep. So that kind of stretch. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel good about George Pickens. And I think he's a good buy and it's not going to, it shouldn't cost you a lot to get him. Yeah. Well, that's the big thing with Pickens. I think he's probably the best cheap option mm-hmm. that we have right now um, where you could probably right now in most casual leagues, get him for a low end bench player, like just someone who's barely rostered. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he, I mean, he's available in some leagues as well in the waiver wire. So um, if he's available, absolutely pick him up. But if not, it's not going to take a lot to go get him. Uh, I, and I would absolutely go trade for him. Don't start him. <laughs> Keep him on your bench for now. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I think, you know, the first couple weeks, um, he was that third or fourth option, but with Kenny Pickett in there, they do yeah. seem to have a very good connection. I think uh, Pickett's favorite guy seems to be Pickens, at least in one game. Mm-hmm. I think Deontay and Pickens will go back and forth, but um, they, like I said, they seem to have a connection. And it feels like Claypool is now going to be the odd man out um, who had two targets and zero receptions this week. Droppable? Um, oh, yeah. And redraft? Yeah, 100%. I'm getting screwed in Dynasty over here. In Dynasty, hold on to him, but redraft, yeah. Uh, he's he's he should be droppable droppable mm. for sure um yeah it, the only things that concern me with pickens is that schedule coming up is real rough mm-hmm. but um maybe after the buy i think he, you could look at him and um he could have a big breakout type uh stretch like you were saying mm-hmm. a lot that elijah more brand nayuka monra type stretch after the buy and i would want to get him now um in case it happens earlier Get him on your team, put him on your bench. Mm-hmm. He clearly has the talent. He's got the connection with Pickett. Um, it's really just a matter of time for me where he before he goes on a little stretch. Okay. Agreed. Number three, J.K. Dobbins, Baltimore Ravens running back. Yes, sir. I'm Buying high a little bit, but that's okay. It, it you know took a little while to get to this point for J.K. Dobbins. You know we called him a breakout last year. Popped his. Leg and half. I don't even know. I can't remember what the injury was. But he got hurt in the preseason last year. Torn ACL. Torn ACL. Uh, got hurt in the preseason last year. Missed the entirety of the season. Uh, and then comes in this year and then gets hurt again. And he just has missed so much time. And finally, he gets on the field. And it's kind of sad because it's, it's been so long that I didn't even really... Like, I watched Baltimore's game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't even, like... He's played two games already. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I wasn't even paying attention. I wasn't even excited about Dobbins. Last year I was like so lit to watch Dobbins play. And now I'm like, okay. Um, but no, I projected him in the in the preseason um, to get a lot of opportunities in this offense. There was one constant that didn't change that no one was really considering. And it was the fact that there's just no one else there for, to right. run the football. The opportunity share was going to be high. And if J.K. Dobbins was even slightly efficient, he was going to have a really, really, really decent season. Um, And I I feel like that's why I was high on him to draft him. And then Rick talked me down a little bit. You just had him very high. Yeah, I had him very high. I I didn't hate Dobbins. I took him in a league. I just was like, he's going to miss probably the first couple weeks. Yeah. you know, have some patience. But he had, um, quite legitimately, he had 17 carries last week on 50%. Thir- he had 17 touches last week on 50% of the snaps and scored two touchdowns. He hasn't even gotten the full job yet. Right. Uh, Justice Hill just went out with a hamstring injury. And now it's J.K. Dobbins' backfield fully. So they have to give him 65 to 70% of the work. And when that happens, I think it's going to be a big thing for J.K. Dobbins. I think this is a guy right now before he's already had a big week, but before he starts really ascending, um, you want to get him now. So I would go out, I would offer whatever it takes to get J.K. Dobbins and, and get him on your team. Um, for some people, it's going to be because if I was if I was a J.K. Dobbins owner, I would probably hold. Um, yeah. But... 
it's going to be not, I don't think it's going to be super easy to get him, but I would get him now before you really, really can't. No. I mean, he was what, like a fifth round pick? Yeah, something like that. Fourth or fifth? He was fourth in our league, mm. but I think mostly he was a fifth. Yeah. Um, I would be willing to trade a lot of guys in that range for J.K. Dobbins, especially if you need a running back. Mm. Um, he should be right now at about like late third round, mid third round value. I think. I don't know if you disagree with that. Um, that's pretty much like a mid range yeah, RB too. Yeah, 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 I agree. Like what you drafted Zeke, what you wanted Zeke to be, is I think what J.K. Dobbins is gonna be. So Yikes. go buy J.K. Dobbins. He's a very good player in an offense that is elite. Um, and yeah, he's been slow to start, but he's recovering from that injury. They've been going easy on his workload. But this week, starting this week, as you said, Justice Hill injured, probably not going to play. I think Dobbins' snap percentage, mm. it went from 43 to 50. You might see it near 70 this week. And uh, yeah. I would expect another really good week, and it might be too late to trade for him after that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move to the um, sells for the show. Uh, and some guys we're looking to get rid of. Number one on this list is James Robinson. I think he's been on this list a few times. Um, People are just going to say we're James Robinson yeah, haters. We're James Robinson haters. Now, I don't think James Robinson's a bad running back, but um, there was some specific numbers that I saw from, um, I think it's Derek Brown uh, at Fantasy Pros. Uh, and I'm trying okay. to bring those numbers up right now just so we can have them. There we go. So um, uh, he writes, uh, essentially, Derek Brown writes articles for Fantasy Pros. I wanted to credit him for this because I didn't find this information on my own. Um, but he essentially, you know, agrees with the sediment that we should go trade for um, Travis Etienne. Uh, and he, his uh, opinion of this was that the backfield uh, usage could flip very quickly uh, for Travis Etienne, and um, he essentially says the efficiency metrics are a big red flag for James Robinson. Week one, he had 4.18 at yards after contact, really good. 2.96 after that, 2.71 after that, and 2.25 last week. So he's had a decrease in um, uh, snap percentages on the week. He's also had a decrease in efficiency metrics. So when I look at a guy like James Robinson – they're still giving them the, the they're still giving him the ball they're still giving him the opportunity and he's had some of that opportunity he's still having good weeks so it's this is a perfect opportunity to take those good weeks and say okay this guy's been good you need to trade for him um i personally believe at some point this year the backfield is going to flip to Travis Etienne there he's just too talented and he's Probably, I, I keep saying this. Kirk has been good. Zay Jones has been good. Um, you know, some of these Evan Ingram has even been been decent. But I think the best offensive weapon for the Jacksonville Jaguars is sitting in the backfield, and it's Travis Etienne, at least the most talented. Um, at, at, in terms of the skill position, so I feel like they are going to have to at some point start getting him the ball if they want to win football games. And when that happens, James Robinson is going to take a back seat and people are going to go through their, you know, victory laps right now for James Robinson because the Robinson people are very strong. They're truthers. Literally on this tweet, I was scrolling through comments telling this guy he was a complete moron 
because of this opinion. So uh, we'll probably get roasted if you made it this far into the yep. video in the comments for saying this. But I, I, I think James Robinson is a good NFL running back. James, Ro- I think Travis Etienne is better. I think Travis Etienne is more talented. He definitely has more upside and more talent, I think. Yes. As a pure athlete, like if you watch them, Robinson is the more like stable back and like, you know, he has good He's vision. Consistent. Consistent. Um, but Etienne is definitely a lot more explosive and has more raw talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I also to kind of piggyback off that stat. I saw a tweet earlier today. Um, and he said, uh, James Robinson has gained more than three yards on just 42.4% of his carries, which is dead last in the NFL. Um, and Travis Etienne is at 58.8%, which isn't elite by any means, but it's much, much better than James Robinson. Um, and his efficiency has gone down. As you said, it's been a little bit concerning yet. People still view him. I mean, if you go to fans pros, the rest of the season rankings, he's a, he's RB 14. Um, this week he's getting ranked as the RB 10. Now it is a great matchup against Houston. So he very well could have another very strong mm-hmm. week, but you know, to me, I think it's a good time to get rid of him. And you can get, you know, low end RB one value for him. I wish I had him. We do in one league that we're in. Yeah, and we're trying. We're, we're trying. Um, yeah. So like, I, I think it, it's a great time to get rid of him. Uh, still could be a good player, low end RB two, but um, the value right now is very high, and I don't think it's yeah. going to stay there. And I think too with with Jacksonville, I think it's very much. And we've seen this with Doug Peterson in the past. We've seen we, when he was coaching the Eagles, and he had Miles Sanders. And other guys, you know, he had this affinity for weird, like weird running backs that weren't really good. Not that James Robinson's not good. That's a harsh sentiment. But running backs that are not as talented as the guy that is currently there, right? Sure. Jordan Howard. What are you doing? Give the ball to Miles Sanders. The RBBC, though. So, but he had this, and at some point, uh, in I think it was Miles Sanders' rookie season, there was a flip. You know, there was a there was a flip to the more talented guy, and so I th- mm-hmm. I think it's just Travis Etienne having to earn the respect of the coaching staff to earn his role on the team. And I think for James Robinson, it's it's a situation where he's getting the work now, but as soon as he becomes inefficient, Doug Peterson will flip fast. He's not one of those guys that's stubborn and just sticks with one guy, whether he sucks or not. Right. Um, yep. Like Pittsburgh does with Najee Harris. Not that Najee sucks, but like they've been inefficient running the ball and they don't try to give it to anyone else. They just shove it right down Najee's throat. Najee's throat. Um, so it's like, you know, he'll switch if it's not efficient. And, and I, what we're starting to see is that Robinson is showing that. I think they do like ETN. I think ETN will start taking that over. So this is a pro ETN uh, anti James Robinson take. That- <laughs> of course. Um, but we don't dislike James Robinson. I do want to clarify that. Like, if this is a 50-50 split all season, I think both of them have fantasy relevance. Especially yeah, I mean, we're starting. We're probably starting James Robinson this week in our oh, yeah. league. So, um, but like, but like, I mean, Jacksonville has shown some signs of being really good. 
And if they turn into, you know, a, a much, much better, a top 12 to 15 offense in the NFL this year, I mean, doesn't that benefit both James Robinson and Travis Etienne? Yeah. Doesn't that make Travis Etienne like a, at least a decent, like people are off the train. Like they literally, two weeks ago, he had 10 points and he had 16 touches and everyone was like, okay, here we go. It's starting to saddle up. This week, he, he literally split opportunities in a negative game script. Yep. With James Robinson. I think he had one more opportunity than James Robinson did. And everyone's like, he get three points and everyone's like, all right, droppable. See you later. Travis Etienne done. And it's just, it's like, wait a minute. A week ago we were talking about how Etienne was about to take over. Yeah. And he's definitely like, not. Oh, geez. he's definitely not um, droppable for sure. No, I would not <laughs> he should that. be, I wouldn't be starting Etienne, but like, come on. Um. All right. So let's talk about our number two cell, Antonio Gibson. Um, and Rick, I'm gonna let you take the floor with with uh, the breaking news we got before the show. Oh uh, well, with that, I mean it's not necessarily breaking news, but uh, it's, it's there was a report news. that said Brian Robinson had um, in practice on Thursday because we recorded the show on Thursday um, that he had a big run, and uh, Ron Rivera was like tapping him on the shoulder and like fist bumping him yeah. and the, what was the the quote i wish i had but i think it was something like this guy's gonna be special or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's the real deal little, so like you see sweaty. that and you're like sweaty. oh and even without brian robinson gibson has mm-hmm. been going downhill um he was our start of the week week one and it worked out great 20 fantasy points mm-hmm. um but since then he has not been good he's not been efficient either 12 fantasy points, 11 fantasy points, 9 fantasy points. It's gone down each week. His snap percentage, 54% to 44% to 41% going down each week. Efficiency. Technically, hasn't been going down this week, but none of it has been good. Two yards per carry, 3.1 and 3.7. He, on the season, Antonio Gibson is rushing for 3.2, six yards per carry, which is not good whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. So even though the fantasy points are still not awful, uh, it, it's going so downhill, and now he's going to split the backfield with not only J.D. McKissick, but uh, Brian Robinson. I mean, without Brian Robinson there, his snap percentage is still below 50. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Gibson ends up getting like 10 to 11 touches this week uh, with Robinson coming coming back. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he's not startable whatsoever. Um, he is not only a sit this week, but uh, I would be trying to get rid of him as fast as I can. Yeah. This tough. It's tough. Uh, it's clear something was changing. Um, you know, I, I do think that James. I think I. Uh, I'm still on the last one. Um, I still. I. I. I think that Antonio Gibson is a good player. Like I still. I still believe that. Um, and he'll have a role in this offense. It's not like they're just going to completely throw Antonio Gibson in the garbage can and say see you later. Um, but. If you don't remember, this guy was a wide receiver out of college. Right. And I am going to go out on a limb and say that they want to give him um, a significant pass catching like opportunity load as a, as a receiver and get him out in space and try to see if they can use him that way. I don't know if that's relevant for fantasy football. Like, I don't know, like, what if it's, like, five targets a game or four targets a game, and that's what it ends up being. Right. And he's completely dead. So, like, to me, 
like he was risky and and there was like when all these reports came out he was one of our favorite players early in the offseason as time early in the offseason yeah as time went along and we got till august you know uh june july and august and things started to shift we just couldn't hold on to the take of antonio gibson we had to switch and um he was one of the guys that we we pegged as you know somebody that we didn't want to draft anymore because of the situations that were happening now he almost became a value in drafts but um, but with Gibson, it's just like early in the season, we were like, okay, you know, you give it a run. He's decent for the early season. He's been okay. Uh, but now Brian Robinson is back and, and it's clear that regardless of the, the super hype takey crap that you see on sleeper where, you know, uh, randos are saying that, you know, Brian Robinson runs up the middle and they're like, wow, this guy looks good. And like, they're getting all sweaty. Like, I think that that's a little bit hyperbolic because people want Brian Robinson to have success, but mm-hmm. I just think that they like him and, and I think they want to get him the work. He's consistent. He's kind of like a rookie version of James Robinson for them <laughs> where you have this like pass catching running back in Antonio Gibson that has shown signs of being really good in his NFL career, but then they want to go with the, the plotter, you know, the guy that is not going to fumble or get hurt or do anything like that and who's going to be fine. So I think that's why they would go with Brian Robinson because consistency and he'll show more. And we'll see if he's good. I mean, if Brian Robinson comes out and he has, you know, a breakout like Brees Hall or Damian Pierce over here, um, then we were all wrong and Brian Robinson deserves to be an RB1. But uh, as far as rookies are concerned, um but I, I I do look at Antonio Gibson. It's like this is your opportunity to trade him before that happens. Right? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't think Brian Robinson's getting. You know, he's not walking in and getting twenty carries. I don't think his, his first um, first game back. The problem is though that he's just going to be another cog in that backfield um, where things are already going downhill. So like, even if Brian Robinson didn't come back, I would still be down on Gibson right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just makes things worse. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, number three, Adam Thielen. 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 Okay. I think it's Thielen, but he's, he's like taking a trip to Thielen's basement. It's like an old yeah, school. Yeah, pretty life. much. I just aged myself with that. Does anybody know what a mall is anymore? I went to a mall the other day. People know what a mall is. It's just not what it used to be. But like I went to a mall the other day and there was like, you know, usually like on, you know, Friday nights, there's like a bunch of teenagers in the mall. At least when I was a kid, that was the case. And uh, there was like one group. Teenagers, yeah. Just one little tiny four person group. Like do people hang out in malls anymore? Um, They do, but it's not like not nearly like what it was, you know, Anyways, 15 years ago. I'm aging myself. Uh, yeah. Just like Adam Thielen, 32 years old. Uh, <laughs> but no, Thielen actually the last two weeks against Detroit, New Orleans has been pretty good. Uh, he mm-hmm. had eight targets, nine targets. He caught a touchdown. And he's had 18 and 15 fantasy points in the consecutive weeks. Obviously, there's going to be good weeks for Thielen. Um, the big thing with Thielen is I, what we've seen so far this season is matchup dependence. Yes. Um, 
Green Bay, Philly, 6-9. Detroit, New Orleans, 18-15. He has Chicago this week. I don't think that has anything to do with them being good. I think that has everything to do with the fact that uh, Chicago throws it 14 times a game and runs it 6 million. Clock control football. Uh, but he has, you know, Chicago, Miami, and then this back half of the schedule, really, really tough. Um, he's also got a bye week coming up. So it's like... I don't see how many more games that Thielen can have success in. He's also on the older side, so with that comes you know injuries at certain points in the season. Um, and I think there's other guys in the passing attack for the Vikings that could start taking over um, some of that target share. Guys like Irv Smith, K.J. Osborne, um, and we could see Adam Thielen kind of take a little bit more of a backseat as the season goes along. But I, I don't see a massive amount of upside for Adam Thielen at this point in his career. Uh, so I would just sell him high on these games. I, I don't, however, believe that Adam Thielen sucks or he's going to be bad rest of the season. Um, I just don't like him. I don't I don't think he's that great. So um, if you're into Adam Thielen, then all the power to you. But I, I, will, I will take these 18 and 15 points and sell that hard. I mean, yeah, people will see the name and they'll go crazy. I, I think he was trading our league for pretty good value. Um, and, you know, Daylene, I'm with you. I think rest of season, he's really not going to be bad. Like, he's going to have good weeks, especially weeks where Jefferson gets double teamed. Daylene will be involved. Um, but the issue is that he's not going to be the player that some people think he is rest of season. And I think it is good to sell him at a point where you can get pretty good value for him. I think in our league, mm-hmm. he's trade for Miles Sanders. Um I've seen other leagues where um, there's been pretty good packages for him. So, or you could include him in a package. It's probably the better way of trading him. Uh, and as you said, he's 32 in year 10 now or year nine mm-hmm. um, for a wide receiver. You know, you're kind of going to start to see him go Down downhill here. at this point. Yeah. Um, and he has played good this year, but it hasn't been anywhere where, you know, he's been elite. Mm-hmm. Um, Jefferson is the clear number one there. Obviously. And then there's going to be weeks where Dalvin Cook gets starts getting touchdowns. There's going to be random weeks where KJ Osborne has um, an 18, 20 point fantasy week mm-hmm. like he did in week three. Uh, and then Irv Smith will be involved as well. So yeah, Dalen's kind of, you know, he's fine. He is what he is. Could be a weekly flex, but that's about all you're getting with Dalen. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I think like uh, there's certain players that, because, you know, I, I was telling uh, Rick, you know, we were fighting over a trade, and um, I was telling Rick before, I think it was just yesterday, um, that, you know, every player has some form of value. Um, and I think there's a place for Adam Thielen. Um, I just, I'm not the type of player that wants, fantasy football player that wants, like, these old, old guys on my team. It kind of scares me a little bit. Um, because I feel like NFL teams like are willing to move on, right? Yeah. Like we've, I mean, Julio Jones' last good year was two years ago, but people are still holding on for dear life with Julio. <laughs> and it's like Thielen's one of those guys that has just at this point in his career, he's just he's just not that guy anymore, you know. And people have mm-hmm. that anticipation, but 
the big thing for me is I like to have guys that have promise. You know what I mean? So like if a guy has, you know, an 18 and a 15 point week and they're 23, 24 years old, I feel way better about that. Uh, someone in our home league picked up Mac Hollins. And I was like, the dude is 29. He's literally yeah. playing the Hunter yeah. Renfro role right now. Like, what is your ex- right. expectation of Mac Hollins? All of a sudden he breaks out at 29. Like, it just doesn't happen like that. So, you know, like Adam Thielen, you know, he's had, he's been good in his career. Like he has a, a role in fantasy football. Um, and, you know, he is a, a great flex play on a week to week basis. But I'm just more of a guy that wants to, like, if you can take Adam Thielen and trade him for a guy at similar value who's significantly younger and has a chance at breakout, then I would do that as opposed to holding Thielen all season just to get the 10 points from him. Or I think there are some leagues where you could trade Thielen for like a Chris Olave or, um, you know, Drake, maybe not Drake London, depending on what league you're in, but one of those rookies that could really break out or even second year guys that haven't done too, too much yet that could still break out. Mm -hmm. Um, I would do that or look for the running back position, get one of those cheap, but quality running backs. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, Thalen, he he just he is what he is, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there are your buys and sells: Dalvin Cook, George Pickens, J.K. Dobbins, James Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Adam Thielen. Any other thoughts from you, Rick? Um, no, I think that's about it. Okay. Good luck this weekend trying to get these guys. And this obviously goes into next weekend unless somebody gets hurt. So enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your football. Hope you win. See you later, guys. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.